welcome to the Girly Homesteader Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, a part-time homesteader with a full-time love for makeup. This podcast focuses on traditional homesteading topics like gardening, chickens, beekeeping, hunting, fishing, being in harmony with nature, food preservation, cooking, etc. But it also touches on the girly side of things like non-toxic skincare, makeup, and homekeeping. So, If you're ready to learn more about homesteading and keep your girly side along the way, let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Girly Homesteader. So it is now the end of January when this episode is coming out. And so at the end of each month, I'm going to be doing kind of like a a recap of the month, kind of, like in terms of things that... I just love. So I'll be talking about my favorites for that month. Now, these might be products, they might be recipes, they might be things related to homesteading, they could be things related to skincare, it could be anything. Um, Just depends on what has been helping me out that month, Um, and hopefully these things help you out too. So I have five things that I want to talk about for this month of January to finish it up. And man, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm very excited to get January over with. Not that I like really hate January or anything. I actually quite like January. I love New Year's. It's my favorite holiday. Um, But man, this January has been a little bit rough. (laughs) Um, We started out the month in Florida, which is fine. We were on a family vacation um, with my husband's family, but I like to be at home for the holidays. So being there right after Christmas and for my favorite holiday, it was just kind of rough on me, just not my favorite thing. So just quick story, my husband and I, we came home from Florida and we decided to kind of like have our own, um, new year's on our own, which was great. We popped some champagne, had some crab legs. It was great. But then we had about like four days of normalcy. And then I had like the worst day ever. Actually, no, this was the day that we were going to celebrate our new year. So it was very good timing. But I locked myself out of my work, out of the studio that I own where I do personal training. But I also locked myself out of my car, which is where my spare keys are. I refer to this as the studio where I work. And so my spare studio keys were in my car. And so it was the coldest day <laughs> that it had been all season. And so I was locked out. So I had to call my husband. Luckily, he wasn't in a meeting and he works pretty close to where I work. And he was able to pick me up. But I swear to you, this all happened at like nine o'clock in the morning. So the day really had not gone on for very long. So I got locked out. I call him. He's able to come get me. Then we take his car back to his work. I drop him off. Then I drive home, which mind you is like 20 some minutes away. I go get my spare car keys. Then I go back to his work to drop his car off so he can have it. Then I call an Uber to take me from his work to my studio. And then finally I was able to open up my car, get my spare studio keys and proceed with my day. All of this happened before 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock is when I finally got back into my studio. So that's how my January started. And then the whole middle of my January was spent dealing with COVID. Um, 
So I still, I finally sound like kind of normal, but I still have some congestion. Um, but now that I am healed, I swear, I feel like Ohio right now, it's just like spreading like wildfire. Maybe it is where you are too, but now a lot of my clients are sick or they're still kind of scared to see me, which is all fine, but goodness gracious, I am having, I have a lot more free time here in January than I was expecting. So I will talk about this more in the next episode, but um, I've just had a lot more time, I guess, to prepare and do a lot of those cleaning chores that you just don't want to do, but are also very important for a homestead. So anyways, that's how my January's been. (laughs) Um, So the first two things, my first two favorites for the month of January are skincare related. So as I said, I went to Florida and Florida in December, it can be a lot of different temperatures, but when we were there, it happened to be like really warm, like really warm, like in the 80s and like 70% humidity. And before we left, my skin had totally acclimated to being here in Ohio with the dryness inside, with the cold, and my skin was really happy. But then of course, being in Florida for a week in that heat and humidity, my skin was like, oh my goodness, I love this extra moisture. And so in that week, it adapted really quickly and it was just very happy. So then I knew that when we came back home, my skin was going to freak out. And yes, it did. My skin was so, so flaky, so flaky, so dry. And so the first thing that I want to talk about is the process of oil cleansing. I swear that helped my skin get back to its happy winter state so much quicker. So oil cleansing is the process of using a carrier oil to cleanse your face. So this is not to be confused with a cleansing oil. That is a different thing. And I will explain that. But when you think about a typical facial cleanser, like something that foams, the way it works is that all of those little bubbles, the suds that it creates, just like a dish soap, it helps to dissolve the oils and the dirt and the grime, the sunscreen, the makeup, all that stuff that's on your face and wash it away. Now that can be fine if your skin can tolerate it. And believe me, your skin can tolerate different things at different times a year. Right now, my skin cannot tolerate typical cleansers. Um, If I, you know, I came back from Florida, I tried using my favorite cleanser, which is a very nice gentle one. It's actually not even a foaming cleanser. It's a cream cleanser, but still I woke up and my face was so flaky. So at that point I knew that even if my go-to cleanser was not working, I knew that I needed to revert to something else. So what oil cleansing does is it again, it uses a carrier oil. And so I should, I guess, explain what a carrier oil is. So we all probably know what essential oils are. Those are super, super intense, concentrated um, forms of an oil from a plant. So carrier oils are the opposite of that. They're very bland, very mild. They are oils that come from plants still, but they are used to carry the properties of essential oils to your skin. You dilute the carrier oil, or I'm sorry, you dilute the, the essential oils with the carrier oil. Some examples of carrier oils are avocado, coconut, 
apricot kernel oil, hemp seed oil, grapeseed oil, things like that. So my favorite oil um, for oil cleansing is apricot kernel oil, just because it's kind of a good mid-range, like it's not too heavy, it's not too light, um, it's not too expensive either. I get my carrier oils through plant therapy. That's where I also get my essential oils. Um, I will link to apricot kernel oil in the show notes. But essentially what you do is you take your dirty face <laughs> and you rub it, massage in the carrier oil on your face. And so oils dissolve oils. And so by massaging the oil onto your face gently, you break down the oils that are on your face, you break down the makeup, the sunscreen, all of the stuff. And then the way you remove it is which with a very soft, warm and wet cloth. Now, oil cleansing probably started becoming a thing maybe 10-ish years ago. And that is when I started using it. I actually, this was the only way I was able to cleanse my face for a really, really long time because most cleansers really, really do irritate me. Um, But I started out with coconut oil and I, please do not use coconut oil. I know that you probably already have it in your pantry and so it's easy and accessible, but please do not use coconut oil. Most people really cannot use coconut oil because it actually has antiseptic properties and it's a very astringent and actually drying oil. So the first time I tried oil cleansing, I used coconut oil because at that time, coconut oil was like the answer to all of your problems. You could put it on everything and it would solve everything. So I used coconut oil and at the very beginning, It definitely helped my skin just because I was no longer using a traditional cleanser. But then after a while, you could tell that the coconut oil was just too drying for my skin. I know it sounds crazy, but yes, oils can actually dry your skin out. Each plant has its own properties and they all have benefits. Some are better for some skin types than others. So that is why I recommend apricot kernel oil as a good place to start, just because it's a good middle ground. As I said, it's not too heavy, not too emollient, not too drying. So your face is not going to feel squeaky clean as it will um, after you use a traditional cleanser. And that's a good thing, because again, if you are needing to use this type of cleansing, you might be experiencing some sensitivity, you might be experiencing some dryness, and when you're experiencing these things, you really do not want to take any more from your skin than you have to. So oil cleansing is a great way to keep your skin super moisturized and also not strip it of all the things that it needs to protect itself during harsh winters. So I also want to say that the cloth that you use to oil cleanse is very important. So when I started out doing this, I was in college and I wanted everything to be as cheap as possible. And so I got like the cheapest 10 pack that I could at Target of washcloths. And they're, I mean, they work, but they are pretty rough. Your typical washcloth is going to be pretty darn rough. And so what I discovered a few months ago um, our baby washcloths. And so the ones that I use specifically, I got them on Amazon and they are by the Honest Company, the Honest brand. Maybe you use some of their makeup or cleaning things. Um, 
but these washcloths are super soft. They're 100% cotton, and one side is really plush, really soft, and the other side is really smooth. It's almost like if you were cleaning, or like if you were um, holding a t-shirt. It's just like smooth, no, no nubbies, no nap to it. It's just very smooth. So what I will do after I massage the oil into my face is I will wet the washcloth in the sink and I will use that more absorbent terry cloth like side to do a quick wipe, a swipe to get most of my makeup off and then I'll fold it up, use the smooth side just very gently, just tiny little circles um, to kind of give me some exfoliation and to remove the oil completely. Now, Obviously, not every single speck of oil is going to be removed. Again, your face is not going to feel super squeaky clean, but that is not the point. Oil cleansing is great because it gives you slight exfoliation, so it's going to help with all of those dry flakies that can happen during the winter, um, and it's going to leave your skin much, much happier. So that is the thing that has saved my skin and has gotten me back to happy skin now that I am back in, you know, like 20 some degrees outside. So that's the first skincare thing. Number one on my January favorites. The second skincare item is Beauty Counters Supreme Cream. I swear, I really didn't want to like this stuff because it is kind of pricey, but I swear you barely need any of it. And it is so rich and nourishing without feeling super greasy and heavy. So I later, I will do a whole deep dive on the three main ingredients that go into skincare products and to moisturizers specifically. Um, but the basics are that there are humectants, which attract water to your skin. There are emollients, which are the oils that help to moisturize your skin. And then there's also occlusives, which help to either seal in moisture or to help protect your skin from like the elements, say wind or dryness in the air. So Beauty Counter Supreme Cream has high amounts of occlusives without making you feel like you're wearing a mask. I swear this stuff sinks in beautifully. You really don't need very much and you just feel so glamorous when you're putting it on. It smells really good too and it also has a gentle... Um, it has gentle anti-aging ingredients in it too. This is what I have been using in the evenings after oil cleansing and over my serum. It just, I swear, it works so well. And the morning after, my skin always feels so much softer. So I'll put a link to all of these skincare things in the show notes. So I'll have a link to the apricot kernel oil. I'll put a link to um, those Amazon, or the Oh, the cloths that I got to oil cleanse off Amazon. And please know that with Amazon links, I am not endorsed or I am not affiliated with them at all. I know a lot of bloggers are, they do Amazon affiliate links, but honestly, I think it's a waste of time. You really don't make much money off it. So those Amazon links, please use them freely. These are things that I actually do use and have bought with my own money. Um, so other than that, I'm also going to link to the Supreme Cream. Um, if you would like a sample of the Supreme Cream or any other beauty counter products, please let me know. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Um, you can email me or send me a DM on Instagram and I'll send samples to you if you are in the United States, of course. So those are two 
on my January favorites. Those are the skincare items that I have loved this cold, cold month, and that has helped my skin recover from being in a humid, tropical climate for a week. The next favorite that I have is actually a DIY item that I made recently, and you're really going to love this if you have bees. So we keep bees. Right now we have two hives, and we have sold, we've had them for about three years, and um, we can get into a big long discussion about this on another episode, but the way that we harvest our honey is called the crush and strain method. This can be a very controversial topic, but essentially what you're doing is you are taking the whole honeycomb out of the hive, you are crushing it, and then you let the honey drain from the honeycomb or the beeswax. And so this has worked out great for us. Our bees have been happy. They've been busy. We really... I don't think we've really ever had many risks of swarming because the bees have been busy. They've had stuff to do. So anyways, again, topic for another day. But we get a lot of beeswax when we harvest our honey. And I've tried a few different things, a few different ways to use it. I've made lip balm, which is pretty cool because I will say my preference for lip balm is that it is pretty waxy because I feel like a lot of times the natural lip balms out there, they're just too like oily, too greasy. They just kind of slide off your lips and don't really feel like they protect them. Um, so beeswax is a, um, it's not an emollient, it is an occlusive. And so I touched on that just a bit ago talking about skincare. Um, but the beeswax is great to keep your lips from getting chapped and to protect them, especially right now during the winter. So anyways, I've tried making lip balm. It worked out great, but I still had a lot of beeswax. And believe me, I have so many lip balms right now. <laughs> I probably have homemade lip balm to last me for like the next 10 years. So I don't need to make any more lip balm. I did try making candles and that worked out pretty well too, but I still wanted to find another use for the beeswax. And so what I made was bored butter. So I did not think of this idea myself um, while we were in Florida. Actually, my in-laws, they were gifted a beautiful handmade charcuterie board by one of their friends. And with the gift, um, the person who made it, he included this bottle that he had gotten from Home Depot because I've seen this stuff before, but it's a bored, I don't think it was called bored butter. It was, it was called something else. But it was just this little squeezy tube of this kind of golden stuff. And so I was curious about it and I flipped it over. And all the ingredients are our beeswax and mineral oil. So after seeing that, I was like, huh, I think I can do this myself. So one day I just had some free time and I was like, hey, what if I make that? So I went into our beekeeping things. I pulled out some beeswax that I had and I did not have mineral oil on hand. I'll get to that in a bit, but I used avocado oil. And so basically the recipe is one part, I looked this up on Pinterest, <laughs> it's one part beeswax and three parts of your oil. So I just melted down the beeswax in the microwave in a glass jar, and then I added the oil, avocado oil, to it. Now, mine did turn out a little bit lumpy, and that's because I added the cold oil to the hot wax, and so the wax, it just kind of like 
hardened as it was mixing, but I mean, I didn't really care what it looked like. It still worked just fine. So then what you do is you just take a little bit of this, rub it on your cutting board, and I used just an old t-shirt, rubbed it in, and I swear, my cutting boards look beautiful. <laughs> now, I had neglected them for a long time, so we probably got our cutting boards, I don't know, six years ago. They were wedding presents, and um, I'll be honest with you, I've probably oiled them maybe twice in that six years. And so ours were really, really overdue um, for some TLC. And so all you have to do is just dump out a little bit of this mixture, the beeswax and the oil, and then rub it in with an old t-shirt. And my cutting boards look fabulous. So mineral oil. Um, most of the recipes that you see online do call for mineral oil. And that is because mineral oil doesn't um, take, it, it doesn't oxidize very quickly. Like it doesn't spoil. It doesn't go bad. Um, after I made it, I researched it a little bit more about what oil to use. And people did say that avocado oil wasn't the best choice just because it can go rancid relatively quickly. But I'll be honest, avocado oil is what I use to oil our boards the past you know, two times <laughs> that I've done it and I never noticed it going rancid. And I don't know, maybe it is because we just do wash our cutting boards so much that by the time most of the oil was gone, you know, it didn't have the chance to go bad. I'm not really sure, but I can't really speak. What I'm saying is that I can't really speak for how long this avocado oil is going to really last on my boards. Um, but at least right now, it's working just fine. There's no rancid smell. Hasn't gone bad. Um, so we'll see. Who knows? Um, I've had it on my boards for about two weeks now, and you can definitely still tell that it's there. I'm thinking I might try to get in the habit of re-buttering them <laughs> every month or maybe two months. We'll see. So that is my third favorite for January. Our cooking utensils can definitely, definitely... Um, all use some TLC. And now during these winter months when there's a lot less to do outside, it's a great month, a great season to um, maybe give your things inside a little bit of that TLC and love that they need. So again, that board butter recipe is one part beeswax and three parts of your oil of choice. And I will say, the next oil that I want to do a little bit more research on is fractionated coconut oil. So the great thing about co coconut oil, as I said before in the skincare portion of this podcast, is that um, coconut oil does have antibacterial properties. So that's great for a cutting board. But I don't know about you, but I do not want my cutting boards to smell like coconut. I do like coconut, but I just, it's a very strong flavor, coconut, and I do not want it when I'm cooking because it will get on the veggies or whatever you're cutting on that board. But fractionated coconut oil is different. That is a liquid form of coconut oil. So it has been processed in some way, but that also removes the smell. So I am curious to see how long that lasts and who knows, that might be the perfect oil to use. But this is just my speculation. I'm not sure. Do your own research if you want to do this yourself. So that's it for the DIY board butter. So the last two favorites that I have for the month of January 
are food-related things. So the first one is pretty quick. Um, it is a black tea that I love by the Republic of Tea. So I, I love coffee, <laughs> love coffee. But I will say that during the wintertime, I generally tend to crave tea a lot more because in my opinion, it just feels like my mouth doesn't get as dry. Because I mean, I don't know about you, but when I wake up during the winter, I am really dry. I need water desperately and tea just seems to be more hydrating. Obviously, I know that tea, like coffee, it is a diuretic, but still tea just sounds good to me in the winter. So my favorite tea by them is one of their seasonal teas. So you can only get it for at certain times of the year. And so when it does go on sale, when it becomes available, I buy multiples. <laughs> so it is the tea of good tidings. And I've been drinking Republic of Tea for a long time. I'm not affiliated with them. Don't make any commission off this. Um, but their teas are just beautiful. <laughs> I like drinking loose leaf tea. I really do think it makes a difference. And it just makes me feel special. Like it's just pretty to watch. It's to, so pretty to watch the color of the water change, to see the, the tea leaves just move around in the water. I just love it. So this is a loose leaf tea. Um, and I actually brought my tin over here so I can read you the ingredients. It has black tea leaves, juniper berries, orange peel, cranberries, cloves, rose petals, almond, vanilla, black currants, blackberry leaves, and cardamom seeds. It is just like a super cozy tea. I absolutely love it. So I'll link to that in the show notes too. It's delicious. So the next food thing that I want to talk about is something that I have been doing for uh, I think this is my second winter doing this. So I bought my seed sprouting trays off Amazon, not this winter, but the winter before. And the reason I did it is because I love sprouts. They are such an easy way to get super nutrient dense food into your diet, an easy way to get greens specifically into your diet and anyone <laughs> can grow them. I swear, making sprouts, growing sprouts is so freaking easy. So I will link to the trays that I got in the show notes. I got a pack of two. That way I could always have sprouts ready to go because obviously if you have just one tray and you get down to the end of your sprouts, you're going to have to wait, you know, five, six days for the other ones to grow. So I have two. The first time I used the trays, did not go so well. <laughs> um, so the way this these trays are set up is that the bottom holds the water and that part is green. And there's a center piece, a middle piece that is white and it has very tiny holes. And in theory, that's where your sprouting seeds are supposed to sit. Now, the holes are pretty big. And if you you'd like sprouts that have little tiny seeds, they're going to fall through. So it just did not work out the best for me that first time because you're really supposed to just put the seeds right on that white part with the holes. And then there's like kind of a translucent dome that you put on top. So what I discovered is a way to make it self-watering and it's so stupid simple. <laughs> so I will use three pieces of unbleached paper towels. And the reason I use the unbleached 
unbleached paper towels is because I don't want the bleach of a regular paper towel on my sprouts. But the other cool thing though, is that when you're done with that tray of sprouts, you can compost these paper towels. So the ones that I have are by seventh generation. I bought a six pack of them and I'm probably never gonna have to buy them again. Um, but I will use three different sheets. So I'll leave two of them stuck together and then I'll have one separate. So I'll put that separate one on the tray if it's right in the tray perfectly. And then I'll lay the other two on top of that so that the edges are hanging off. And then what I do is I fold those edges of the paper towel underneath and into the green portion, the bottom portion of this, the kit that holds the water. And so those ends of the paper towel, they wick that water up from the bottom into your seeds to keep them damp and moist the entire time. And I swear it works so well. Um, so I was using a mix, an organic sprouting seed mix that I got on Amazon and it was fine, but it was just pretty generic. Um, it was like alfalfa and broccoli and something else. But I found True Leaf Market, which is the same company where I bought um, all of our seeds for this growing season. But the first thing that I ever bought from them were their sprouting seeds. I swear they have so many to choose from. Like I literally have daikon radish sprouting seeds in my mix. I just bought a bunch of them. I was able to get free shipping and I just mixed them all up once I once they arrived into a big mason jar and I keep it in my cupboard and they're so good. Some of them are really spicy. I think I might have like, I don't know. I have some spicy things in there. I think that they are so, so good. And the germination rate on these seeds is great. They're delicious. And yeah, so that is my last favorite for the month of January. Um, it's just a super easy way to get really good nutrition. I mean, you know this, you love growing things. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you do, or at least you want to. So if you want to get started, um, sprouts is such an easy way to do it. You don't need any special grow lights. You just put them in front of the window, make sure you rotate them every day or so because they will start growing to the sunlight. Um, but it's just so easy and you can put them on everything. I like to put them on eggs, on my avocado toast. I'll throw them into salads. I just absolutely love sprouts. And if you're picky about them, that's okay. You don't have to do some crazy blend with super spicy ones. That's the great thing about buying this, you know, these individual types off of True Leaf Market. You know, I can choose if I want it to be spicy or if I want it to be mild. It doesn't matter. So that is my last favorite thing for the month of January. And again, I'll put links to all of these things in the show notes. Um, and next week, we're going to be talking about February homesteading goals. And believe me, I have a lot of them. So stay tuned for that episode. Thanks for listening to the Girly Homesteader podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you want to share more in my journey, follow me on Instagram at the Girly Homesteader. <laughs>